Well, I first met Kevin at a young adult Bible study in Richmond many years ago now. And uh, he, he wandered in and he was a very quiet guy, didn't say a whole lot, kind of mysterious. Uh, he, he said more, more in the form of guttural noises than actual human words. <laughs> uh, really, really enigmatic presence. But when he did speak up and when he did have something to say, it was always something clearly from the depths of his soul. And it was very clear that he'd been praying about what to say. And so I got to know Kevin pretty well. Uh, in fact, uh, we became friends, and he would invite me over many times uh, to go and just you know, hang out around his fire pit, drink a few drinks, and talk together about what God is asking from us. What is the Lord asking us to do with our lives? It all was just right there in front of us, right? There were so many different directions that we could go, and, and so we were just discerning together. We were, what, what should we do, Lord? And, and lo and behold, both of us uh, began to discern uh, a vocation to the priesthood. And thank God for those, those evenings around the fire pit, because I think that was a great place for me to kind of talk about. What, it, what does it mean to have a call to the priesthood? And uh, a couple, about a year later, Kevin also entered into the seminary, and we ended up at the same seminary together. And uh, while he did eventually discern out, and went on to kind of think about where God was leading him in many other good ways, um, I, I always respected him. And I always thought, this is a guy who's trying very hard to find out what God's, God's will for his life is. And though we kind of drifted apart in terms of friendship, I always wanted what was best for him. I always desired his good. Well, this past January, uh, my friend Kevin passed away very suddenly um, at the age of 33. And there was no warning, no explanation really. Uh, there was no sickness involved as far as we could tell. Um, I haven't heard anything. And it was very shocking. It was very heavy and very deflating. It was a tremendous loss. And it, it was like when, when Martha and Mary how they responded. That's what was in my heart anyways. It's like, Lord, if you were there with him, then he wouldn't have died, right? Lord, where were you? Where, where were you? Why, like, if you, could, if you could open the eyes of the blind, right? If you could save all of these other people, then where were you for this friend of mine? So this news came... And uh, the, next, the next morning, my friend Austin, who was also very good friends with Kevin, he was actually closer to him uh, in many ways, he called me and he said, Father Anthony, why don't you just come up and hang out? Just come be with me and my family. And I think maybe, maybe you all can relate to this when you lose someone that you love very dearly. Like, all we want to do is just be with people. Be with other people that you care about. Just, just be with others. You know, that, that almost, that's a, a healing thing. And it actually is really good because you get, you get together, especially people who knew the person who, who you lost, and, and you can share stories, and it's sad, and it's hard, and it's terrible, but it's also comforting somehow. Uh, so that's what I did. I went and hung out with my friend Austin, and it was a really great day. It was a very hard day, but it was a very good day. And uh, at the end of that day, as I was getting ready to come back here to Roanoke, 
one thing you should know about my friend Austin is that he has this amazing collection of relics, of saints. And so right before I left, he said, Father Anthony, I want you to, I want you to take home uh, a relic for a little while. I want you to borrow one of my relics so that you can pray with this relic and hang out with it and, and ask this saint to pray for you. And I was like, all right, which one do you want me to take home? And he handed me a relic of St. Lazarus. St. Lazarus himself. Here it was. This, this, maybe it was a piece of his bone or something. I don't know what it was. But it was a fragment of this man, Lazarus, who died, a young man, right? A man who was a very good friend of Jesus's. And he died, but then he came back to life. He came back to life. And, uh, but it, it got even crazier in that moment because Austin's little daughter was standing right there when he gave me this relic to, to pray with. And, and she, she said, Father Anthony, what if, what if at Mr. Kevin's funeral next week, we are all there and we start to hear a knock from inside the coffin? What if we hear a knock and then we start to hear Mr. Kevin saying from inside of his coffin, let me out, let me out. What if that happens? And like, it's, it's adorable on one, at one, in one sense, but it's also profound in a deeper way. Completely amazing. And I turned to her and I said, Josie, that is amazing that you have that kind of faith, that you believe that it is possible that God would raise Mr. Kevin from the dead, even at his funeral. You believe that. That's amazing. And we all should believe that. It's possible. If God is God, then nothing is impossible for the Lord. And then I told her, but even if it doesn't happen, even if that doesn't happen at Mr. Kevin's funeral on next Friday, I promise you that it will happen at the end of time. Kevin will be raised from the dead at the end of time. We will be raised from the dead at the end of time. Each and every one of us will be raised from the dead. So I told her that, and she's like, oh, okay. And then she ran off and started playing, and, you know, the moment was passed. But that's exactly what all of our readings are about this weekend, about the fact that God has promised this in an irrevocable way. Thus says the Lord God, O oh, my people, I will open your graves and have you rise from them. I will put my spirit in you that you may live and I will settle you upon your land. Thus you shall know that I am the Lord. I have promised and I will do it, says the Lord. He will do that. Jesus standing at that, that tomb, that grave of his friend Lazarus, he said the words, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come forth. Just imagine for a moment that each one of us will hear those words one day, right? It will be your name that the Lord Jesus himself, the risen one, the resurrection and the life, he will say your name, and then he will say, come out of your tomb. Come out. 
It's time to wake up. It's time to live forever. And we, we pray, please God, that we would be raised to glory, right? And not raised to pain and suffering. Because that is a possibility, right? And we have to pray that, that we be spared from that, right? To live our life in such a way that we are raised to glory. But man, that moment when Jesus calls your name, that moment when Jesus calls your family members' names. Think of someone that you've lost, a friend or a family member, someone that you wish with everything in your heart that you could give them a phone call this afternoon, but you can't because they've gone home to the Lord. That person will hear Jesus' voice as well. Come out. Live. Untie him. Let him go free. Untie her. Let her go free. Let her live. Let him live life. Because that's what Jesus came for. I've come that they may have life and life abundantly. And that abundant life is not just kind of floating around in heaven forever as like a disembodied spirit. No, as St. Paul told us today, if the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit dwelling in you. So it's our mortal bodies that will be raised to life everlasting on the last day, at the trumpet call, when Jesus comes back and makes all of the sad things happy. I was reflecting on this as I held this relic in my hand of St. Lazarus, right? I wrote in my prayer journal the next day, this relic of Lazarus that, that my friend Austin has lent me is a source of hope that this, this feeble flesh, this, this body of ours, after it has been defeated by death, after it turns to dust, can and has, has already returned to life. Because Lazarus woke up. Lazarus was raised. And though he did die again, a mortal death, right? He wasn't, that wasn't the glorified body yet. Though he died another death, how much more confident he must have faced that second death, right? That, that second time that he underwent the grave. He had hope. Wow, God can do this. God can raise us. And he promised to do so. In a very special way, our elect, in just a couple weeks, will taste this victory. Will taste this being raised. Because you're going to be baptized. You're going to be baptized in the waters of Jesus' death and resurrection. And so when you go down into the waters, you will enter into the tomb. And then when you come back out of the waters, you'll be, you'll be listening to Jesus' voice. Come out. Come out and live. And that's what these, all of these scrutinies are all about. It's to, to help prepare you guys for that moment. To get you as prepared as possible to say yes. And say, yes, Jesus, I do want to come out of this tomb. And I want to now live my life only for you. That's what my existence is all about. And then one day, when Jesus does come back, we will all to be together in the resurrection, the general resurrection. Now in the meantime, things look like a long defeat though. 
doesn't, doesn't look like a victory all the time. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien once said, I'm a Christian and indeed a Roman Catholic. I do not expect history to be anything but a long defeat, though it does contain some glimpses of final victory. Glimpses of final victory. And I think this story of St. Lazarus is just that for us as we get closer and closer to Easter. It's a glimpse of victory. The victory that Jesus won on Easter, this is the glimpse of it. This is the preview of it. And in just a few moments, we will all get to literally taste the resurrection, the Eucharist. It's, it's Jesus' risen body, blood, soul, and divinity, right? You get to eat the resurrection. That life gets into you. And so that's my invitation this morning. It's the, it's the same invitation Jesus has given you. Come out of the tomb. Come out of that death of selfishness, of laziness, that tomb of, of apathy and indifference. Come out of the tomb of, of laziness, selfishness, greed, envy, pride. Come out of that and live. Live the life that God is giving you. It's a beautiful gift. Because one day, every coffin, every single coffin, there will be knocking. There will be knocking from within that coffin. And all of us will be saying, let me out. Let me out. And Jesus will say, okay, come on out. Come out and live. Live.